0: Now, there are teachers and preachers and pastors who love to preach about blessings. Perhaps you've heard a a few sermons about blessings and how God wants to, to bless your socks off. He wants to bless you and make you rich and wealthy beyond your wildest dreams. That God wants to give you all kinds of fancy cars and big houses and lots of gadgets and God really wants to just just pour out all these material blessings of wealth and and uh, material blessings of stuff on you that's not what this sermon is about i I do not believe that God ever promises in scripture to bless us so much financially that we don't even have enough room for it all as far as like the the things of life and the the stuff of earth and the the gadgets and the houses and the cars and everything. I don't believe that we are called to hoard our wealth, to gather, to keep it all for ourselves. I believe that when we do that, we rob ourselves of spiritual blessings. I believe that if we will put God first and if we will trust Him, that He will provide for all of our needs. He will take care of us if we live for Him and if we give generously to others. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, Paul wrote, My God will meet all your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. But like I said, if we are greedy and we hoard the things that God has given to us, and we do not return to His kingdom, if we do not uh, generously give to others, Then we rob ourselves of of wonderful spiritual blessings in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 Paul wrote praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ? There are spiritual blessings That God promises to give us If we will live lives of generous generosity That if we will uh, trust in him if we will put our faith in Him, if we will believe Him, God promises to pour out wonderful spiritual blessings in our lives. Things that cannot be measured. Spiritual blessings such as joy and peace, love. These things cannot be measured. They cannot be bought. Forgiveness. They cannot be earned. But these are God's wonderful blessings that He pours out on every one of us spiritual blessings that's what today is about these spiritual blessings that God has promised to give us if we will live lives of faithfulness to him we've been studying the books of first and second Peter and we're in first Peter right now in a series we're calling basic and we're talking about the foundations of our faith the, the very basics of what we believe and today today's message is called the blessings and it's about Blessing others and the blessings we receive when we bless other people the blessings when we we receive when we persevere through suffering and persecution The the blessings we receive from salvation So today we're talking about the blessings if you would grab a Bible and turn to first Peter chapter 3 we're going to start in verse 8 first Peter chapter 3 verse 8 And grab your bulletin and turn to the back page to the handy-dandy outline because we have those available to take notes on. Now, there's going to be a lot of notes to take. There's only three blanks, and I'll tell you where the blanks are, but in between the blanks, there's space to to take notes. And we're going to talk about a lot of scripture, and we're going to talk a lot about uh, who we are to bless and how we are blessed. And we're going to talk about the blessings today. Now, the first blank on your outline is the blessing... That comes from blessing others the blessing of blessing others look at first Peter chapter 3 And we're going to start in verse 8 finally All of you live in harmony with one another be sympathetic love as brothers be compassionate and be humble Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good, he must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. I believe. That the blessings we receive in life, that the blessings we receive, these are, you know, physical, material, financial blessings. The things that we receive in life are to be used to bless others. That the reason that God has blessed us in any way is to bless other people. To bless those who are in need. Uh, to bless people in our church family. That God has called us to bless others we are blessed to bless others in Genesis chapter 12 verse 2 God makes a promise to Abraham he says I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you I will make your name great and you will be a blessing that God called Abraham Abraham to be a blessing to other people through the blessings that he would give him They were not for his own benefit. They were not just so that he could, like I said, hoard them or or gather them or keep them all to himself. That the reason that God was going to bless Abraham was to bless everybody else. And the ultimate way that he blesses us through Abraham is through Abraham's seed. We'll talk about that in just a, a few minutes. But there are two groups that we are called to bless. Okay? Two groups we're called to bless. The first group is blessing our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to bless our brothers and sisters in Christ. There are five ways that we do this. The first, we live in harmony with one another. The Greek word for, that, that is translated as live in harmony literally means to be like-minded. That we are of the same mind. We have the same purpose. We have the same aim. We have the same mission. And that mission, that purpose, that aim, well, you know it, we do it every Sunday. Love God, love others, spread the gospel. That is the purpose that we have in our lives, and we are to be of the same mind, of the same purpose, that we're all working together and living in harmony and working together to build God's kingdom here on earth, to reach out to people and to share with them the good news of Jesus Christ, to share with them the gospel, to share with them the story of salvation. To share with them our story and how we came to faith and how we came to salvation. We need to be sympathetic. The Greek word means to suffer with. We need to be sympathetic toward one another. In Romans chapter 12 verses 14 through 16. It says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Here's this again. Live in harmony with one another. But we are to rejoice when our brothers and sisters rejoice. We are to mourn with our brothers and, when our brothers and sisters mourn. We are to come alongside one another. We are to love one another uh, as brothers and sisters. We need to feel one another's pain. That we do not suffer alone. We do not suffer by ourselves. We suffer with one another. The third way that we uh, bless others... Is to love as brothers the Greek word is philia it means brotherly love that's where we get the name of the city of Philadelphia the city of brotherly love right and so uh, this kind of love is is for our brothers and sisters in Christ that we love one another with with brotherly affection with sisterly affection that means we're going to do good to one another we're going to be kind to one another we're family one of the things when we do a a new members class um, Uh, When albert and I teach that we always ask people, you know, how did you get here and and what do you like about our church? What do you like about our church family? And the thing that we hear over and over and over again is they love the fact that we are a family That this is a church family with a family atmosphere that whenever you come in you feel warm you feel welcome You feel accepted you feel loved That's what family does Even family lives far away Let's say you've got a, a brother who lives in the in the state of washington And comes back uh, at Christmas time. What happens when your brother walks in? Oh, it's just him. No, it's like, hey, haven't seen you in like a year. It's so good to see you. And you throw your arms around him. and Oh, it's so good to have you. I'm so glad you're home. It's great to see you. That warm welcome. One of my favorite things are those videos. The videos... When like a little kid is at school And they're having an assembly And in walks the dad Coming home from Afghanistan Or or from the military And dad walks in And everybody just loses their mind You know know, And the little kid is like you know and there's tears and you know it's like oh man and there's tears here cuz you know I'm a softy and it's like oh it's so great that that warm welcome that's how it should be every time we come into this place and we get together as brothers and sisters you should have that feeling of you are loved and you are welcome and we're so glad you're here it's so good to see you that's how it should always be i love that and i love the fact that you love that and that our people love that. That's how it should be. It Should be like coming home. We are made family by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are made family by His blood. We're brothers and sisters. We need to treat each other that way. The fourth way is to be compassionate. To be compassionate. The Greek word. One of my, my uh, campus minister down at Indiana State, Mark Gallagher, it's his favorite Greek word. It's the Greek word. The Greek word splachna, Literally means guts or entrails sounds disgusting right how do you get compassionate from splachna? how do you get compassionate from guts you know why it's cuz when someone's hurting have you ever hurt so bad for somebody when you see that they're going through something they're having a hard time they're having a bad day they're, they're going through something a loved one passed away or they're going through a breakup and and it hurts you see them hurting and it hurts so much that it hurts right here it's like I can't believe you're suffering like this and and I'm suffering right here with you I'm compassionate I'm I'm in your shoes I'm I feel what you're feeling and it hurts me so much I love you so much that it hurts that's how we're to love one another and the last thing is to be humble you can't do these things without humility Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Consider others better than yourselves. That's what humility is all about. Someone else is more important than me. Everyone else is more important than me. Your needs are more important than mine. In humility consider others better better than yourselves you can't do these things uh, you cannot live in harmony you can't be sympathetic uh, you can't love as brothers you can't be compassionate without being humble and realizing that others are more important than yourself the second group i know I'm, I'm all over the place with numbers but the second group the first group that we're that we love uh that we bless uh by blessing others is our brothers and sisters in christ the second group that we bless is we are blessing those who do not believe in Christ. Peter quotes Psalm 34, verses uh, 13 through, uh, verses 12 through 17. But I want to read the, the fuller context for you. Psalm 34, 11 through 18. Now, Peter quotes this in uh, verses uh, 10 through 12. This is what it says in Psalm 34, 11 through 18. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies turn from evil and do good Seek peace and pursue it the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them He delivers them from all their troubles and this is one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture, psalm thirty-four, eighteen. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I got any brokenhearted people today? Anybody feel crushed in their spirit? The Lord is close to you. He knows. He sees. He hurts with you. He is close to you. How do we respond Peter's talking about persecution he's talking about those who suffer for their faith who suffer for doing good how do we respond to persecution do we lash out do we respond in violence absolutely not what does Peter say to do he says do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult but with blessing because To this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. In Luke chapter 6, verses 27 and 28, Jesus said, But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. This Christianity thing is not for wimps. Okay, This being a Christian thing isn't easy. Because I don't know about you, but this is what Jesus calls us to do. To bless those who mistreat us. To uh, pray for those who, who persecute you? That's not my first inclination. Somebody's mean to me? Oh, I want to get them. you going to be mean to me? I mean, I can be mean right back. I know you're thinking, not you, Sean. You're perfect. <laughs> not quite when someone's mean to you you want to be mean right back when someone insults you i gotta I'm gonna top that one <laughs> you're a mama so oh no no you didn't yeah we can't respond in that way we are called to repay evil with blessing we are called to return curses uh to repay curses with blessing to in- To repay insults with blessing. Like I said, that is tough stuff. Our first reaction is, I'm going to get you back. I'm going to hurt you. Not the way you hurt me. I'm going to hurt you even worse. I'm going to get you. But rather than getting them, we need to repay insult and curses and mistreatment with blessings. And that's hard. But that's what we're called to do. That is what we're called to do. And when we do that, Peter says we will inherit a blessing. Second blank on your outline. And some of you are thinking, wait a minute, I already filled in all the blanks. How, how what, what what happened? And there's no eraser on my pencil. I don't know what to do. Oh no. The second blank on your outline, always listen for those words. First blank, second blank, third blank. Second blank on your outline is the blessing of suffering. <laughs> Yay. Let's talk about the blessing of suffering read with me in first Peter chapter uh, 3 verses 13 through 17 who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good but even if you should suffer for what is right you are blessed do not fear what they fear do not be frightened but in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have but do this with gentleness and respect keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil if we're suffering for doing evil we deserve it but to suffer for doing good that's hard wait a minute I was doing the right thing why am I in trouble why am I suffering when I've been doing the right things Peter says, if it's God's will, it is better to suffer for doing right than to suffer for doing evil. In James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, James writes, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials or suffering of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. That when we are tested, when we are tried, and, and James is writing to people undergoing persecution. That was the test of their faith, was the persecution. And when you're going through a test of persecution, it is hard to rejoice. It is hard to be glad. It is hard to celebrate. It is even harder to persevere. To say, no matter what's going to happen, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to press on, and I'm going to persevere through this persecution. But that is exactly what we're called to do. Even if we're doing what is right, we still may suffer at the hands of the wicked. Remember, That Jesus Christ is the Lord. He sees what you're going through. He knows what you're going through. And we have to do what He did. Because what did Jesus do? When they were crucifying Him. When they were beating Him. When they were mocking Him. And insulting Him. And spitting upon Him. What did He do? He prayed a blessing on them. Father. Forgive them. He prayed a blessing over those who were mistreating him and beating him and killing him. He is our example. He is the one we follow. He is the one. We do what he did. We bless those who persecute us. We bless those who mistreat us. We bless those who insult us. Even when we're doing the right thing and we suffer, know that Jesus suffered and he never did anything wrong. Ever. Look at there in 1 Peter, verse 15. But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. When you do something, when you when you do the right thing, people may wonder, what's wrong with you? We live in a world where people just... Constantly seem to be doing uh, obsessed with the wrong things, but when we do the right thing We're going to stand out like cherish was talking about what they want to teach kids at camp this summer what they're going to teach kids at camp Standing out doing the right thing when everybody else is doing the wrong thing not conforming to the pattern of this world But doing what God has called us to do Doing the right thing and when we do that, we're going to stand out and people are going to be like What's what's different about you? Why are you so different? Or if you suffer uh, persecution and you respond by bless with blessing, people will really wonder what's wrong with you. When we don't respond the way people think we should respond, but rather we bless those who persecute us, bless those who cause us suffering. What is going on with you? Be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have what is your testimony from what has Christ saved you I used to be in drugs man I used to be an alcoholic I used to be a Satanist I used to do this I used to do that not me I I'm completely innocent I must repent of my lie now Um, what has God saved you from? You may say, well, I, really, I've never, kinda, I've never done much of anything. I've been pretty much a good person my whole life. Okay, what has Christ kept you from? Maybe that's your testimony. Maybe you don't know the heartache. Maybe you don't know the pain of, of making bad decisions. What has Christ kept you from? You know what? I never did that stuff, and I'm glad I never did because I never had a hangover. <laughs> good for you. That's great i never known the pain of, of, of doing the, the things that other people do. That's what Christ has kept you from. That's your testimony. And that's awesome. What is your testimony? What has God saved you from? What has God kept you from? Be prepared to share it with others so that they can come to faith in Christ. So that they can say, you know what? I've got to have some of that. I've got to know this Jesus that has changed your life. Be prepared to give an answer for those who ask you. We don't do it with a mean spirit. Well, anybody knows that. We don't do it in an obnoxious way. We don't do it in a conceited way. We don't do it as in a condescending way. Well, for a pagan like you. We do it with gentleness and respect. And if we suffer and persevere through the evils of persecution, God promises that we will inherit a blessing. The third blank on your outline is the blessing of salvation. 1 Peter three eighteen through 22 For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit, through whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to Him. This is the ultimate blessing. Jesus died for our sins. He died to bring us to God once for all. Did away with the sacrificial system. And for that, I'm very grateful. Because if I had to offer sacrifices all the time, I'm coming kind to of squeamish. If, you know what I mean? If I had to do that all the time... I'd be looking for a new job because, like I said, I'm kind of squeamish. Wounds? No way. Animals? Blood? No. No thank you. But Jesus did away with all that when he died as the ultimate human sacrifice on a Roman cross for our sins. He died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous. He died to bring us to God and he died on a cross and God raised him on the third day just as Jesus promised he would. God the Father raised him on the third day, brought him back to life and now he is ascended into heaven where he reigns at the right hand of the Father in power and glory and majesty for all eternity and one day he's coming back. He is going to return, and he is going to take us to be where he is, and we will be with the Lord forever. Now, you may be wondering, what in the world is Peter talking about in verses 19 and 20? What is this all about? This, uh, he went and preached to the spirits in prison who disobeyed long ago while God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. I'll tell you right now. Okay, I looked it up. I was reading commentaries. Scholars have no idea they don't know what is this all about, but the best guess okay the the thing that the best explanation that I read that that makes sense to me, and again, this is just me uh the best explanation that I see um, is that uh In the days of noah there were fallen angels they're called the sons of god in genesis chapter six and uh they were smitten with the uh daughters of earth uh with the women of earth they were smitten with the beautiful women at the time and they married them according to genesis chapter six and uh when god when they uh either died or were taken away god judged them and sent them to a place of torment until judgment day when jesus died and was resurrected uh he went, it says, and preached to the spirits in prison. These are those sons of God, those fallen angels that are kept in uh, a place of torment. And, it, okay, and you might come up to me after the service and go, can you explain that again? I will not be able to do this, okay, because I'm not that smart. Um, anyway, uh, uh, Jesus went and he preached to these spirits in prison. Now, what did he preach to them? What, what was he saying to them? What would he, he preached victory his ultimate victory over the the grave over death over sin he went and proclaimed that he was the victorious one to them he didn't get them out of this prison this place of torment he didn't go to preach the good news that they might repent he went and preached victory his victory his ultimate victory over the grave over sin over death that is what My best guess, my best explanation that I read, and I read about four different explanations of this passage, that's the one that makes the most sense to me. Um, If you want more information on it, I can make photocopies and give them to you. You can read it and try and figure it out for yourself. But like I said, that's the one that makes most sense to me. Peter talks about Noah and the ark And and he points to baptism. He uses this story as an illustration to point to baptism. And he says that uh, it is through baptism which we are saved. Now, the NIV does kind of a poor job. I'll be honest, does kind of a poor job translating verse 21. So I want to show you a better translation uh, from the uh, English Standard Version uh, of 1 Peter 3.21. It says, baptism, which corresponds to this, the flood, now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Peter uses the illustration of Noah and the flood to explain something very important about salvation. Noah was saved in the ark as he passed through what? Water. He was saved in the ark as he passed through the waters of the flood. We are saved, according to Peter, we are saved when we pass through water. The waters of baptism we are saved when we are baptized in acts 238 what does peter say repent and be baptized every one of you for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit right repent and be baptized every one of you for the forgiveness of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the holy spirit we are saved when we put our faith and trust in jesus when we accept god's offer of salvation and how do we accept his offer of salvation through faith by His grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, when we repent from sin, confess Him as Lord, and are baptized. That is God's plan of salvation. That is the biblical plan of salvation that is what God calls us to do we are saved by God's grace through the power of the resurrection of Jesus and it is through baptism that we make this appeal to God for a clean conscience and God responds by cleansing our conscience and forgiving us all of our sins and then he blesses us with the Holy Spirit again another blessing we receive this wonderful blessing of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and we have the wonderful blessing of a promise of eternal life with God the Father and Jesus Christ in heaven for all eternity these are the wonderful blessings that come from uh, surrendering your heart surrendering your life to jesus christ and we will spend eternity with god and with jesus with the holy spirit with we will be with them forever and ever and ever and that's an amazing blessing knowing that this life is not all that there is knowing that at the end of this life, when you take your last breath on earth, you will take your first breath in heaven and you will spend eternity with Jesus. My guy Rick, I call him Rick. His name is Rick Warren. Anyway, uh, I don't know him. He doesn't know me, but he doesn't know that I call him Rick. So anyway, Rick, uh, I spend most several saturday nights i spend uh watching uh the the live feed from saddleback church in california Uh, i love the worship that they do and i I like listening to rick speak and so one of the things that he said once that really affected me i've said it before but i love this is that the, the seven or eight decades that we get on this planet are nothing nothing compared to the trillions of decades that we will spend in christ's presence in heaven that's awesome we will be with him forever and ever And ever. That is a blessing, and it's better than one of these. I have two challenges for you today. Two challenges the first challenge is if you've never accepted christ as your savior is to do just that to accept god's free gracious offer of salvation and you accept it by putting your faith in jesus repenting from sin confessing him as savior and by being baptized by immersion if you've never done that before then today is the day now is the time god is waiting for you to receive his grace and you can do that today don't wait Any longer don't put it off any longer you don't know what's gonna happen you could walk out get hit by a a bus and I pray that that doesn't happen but you just don't know don't wait any longer don't put it off another day if today is the day let's do it today waters warm clothes to change into we'll move those flowers so people can see you we'll do that it's how we roll if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior today is the day the second challenge If Jesus is your Savior, make Him your Lord. Make Christ your Lord. 1 Peter 3.15 says, In your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. He needs to be the Lord of my life. He gave His life for us that we might give our lives to Him. He's got to be more than just a Savior. He's got to be Lord. And when someone is Lord, when he are, that means they're in charge. That means they're the master, they have the rule, they have the authority. We do what they tell us to do. We must be fully devoted and fully surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. If he is not Lord of all, and he is not Lord at all, he must be lord of everything so the question i have for you today is jesus your lord and master are you submitting to him are you surrendering your life to him each and every day are you taking up your cross daily and following him because it is only it is only when we are completely sold out to him that we can truly know the joy of the blessings Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessings you provide, for taking care of our needs, providing for our our physical needs, our financial needs. Thank you for providing for our spiritual needs, for the spiritual blessings that you provide through your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, for the joy and the peace and the love and the grace and the mercy and the salvation that you have given to us through jesus i pray for those today who have never accepted your gracious offer of salvation i pray that you would work on our hearts that you would uh bring us closer to you and that lord if we are struggling with this idea of making you lord of our lives that god you would help us to surrender and to submit and be fully devoted followers of jesus thank you for the many blessings thank you for all the blessings may we use what you have given to us to bless others God, help us in our weakness and give us strength to overcome. We pray these things in Jesus' name.